You're listening to Healthy Living with Eric Sue Podcast, episode number 49. Hey guys, I wanted to take a second to thank all my longtime listeners and to welcome all first-time listeners to this podcast. It means a lot to me and it keeps me going to provide you more valuable content so you can live your healthiest life. Now on to this episode. It's another excellent day. Welcome to Healthy Living with Eric Sue Podcast. The one podcast that everyone agrees and says has the best fitness, nutrition, and healthy lifestyle advice in the world. And now, your host, Eric Sue. Hey guys, Eric Sue here. Welcome to another episode of Healthy Living with Eric Sue. We have a unique and refreshing guest with us today. Her name is Carrie Eck. We will be talking about how we overcomplicate nutrition and how we can simplify it. So without any delay, let me introduce you all to Carrie. Carrie, are you ready to make it happen? I'm ready. Now, Carrie has a Bachelor's of Science from UIC from in 1998. She has an MBA from Keller uh, <laughs> Northwestern. 1988. What's that? <laughs> 88. 1988. What did <laughs> I say? Okay. Uh, I don't know. 98. I oh, 98. But okay. that's all right. It's you can make me younger. Okay. And uh, <laughs> from Keller. <laughs> Uh, Nat Northwestern uh, from 1997. Now, she currently works at Lutheran uh, General, and she's been there since 1991. Now, before that, she worked three years at Cook County Hospital, not Stroger, in the adult diabetes clinic for three years. Now, uh, she also worked almost exclusively in outpatient nutrition counseling and clinic work for about 10 to 15 years. Now, there is some overlap. Um, now, she has worked about 20% uh, adult general nutrition counseling, diabetes, obesity, gastrointestinal issues, cancer, and the rest kids. Um, she has a husband, uh, Dex. Uh, is that right? Or no? Her husband? Steve. Steve. Okay. And, um, and she is, uh, let's see here, also in a college um, scene doing lectures there as well. Now, um, that was a little bit about you, Carrie. Would you be able to share a little bit more about who you are and how you got started? Um, well, I mean, I was always interested in nutrition because I, I, it still, even after all this time, amazes me that you can treat diseases through food um, or at least alleviate the diseases. Um, I mean, I've done a lot of different things over the years. The last few years, um, I've done more and more pediatric work, and we um, opened a pediatric celiac disease program, a celiac center here. Um, about two or three years ago. So I've been really quite busy with that, work with lots of people with food allergies, intestinal problems, um, that sort of thing. And um, like you had said, I do always feel that nutrition is a lot simpler than most people um, make it. I think people are very confused about what to eat, what not to eat, and afraid of doing the wrong thing. Mm, very good. Excellent. Uh, not to cut you off, I, I do want to... Um, get to this one fun question so, so that people can get a little bit more uh, knowledge about who you are. What's one cool or unique fact about yourself, Carrie? <laughs> 
Well, I'm not sure that everyone thinks that, was, that, that this was cool and unique, but um, I am a knitter. There's actually this whole sort of underground world of people that are into what we call fiber arts, knit and crochet, and um, actually have conventions and that sort of thing. So when I'm not working, I am probably um, sitting <laughs> knitting something in front of the TV or listening to podcasts. Awesome, awesome. And actually, I, I want to say that knitting is a unique skill that um... – like you said, not many people do. It's like an underground, like you said, and so that's that's pretty cool, I think. Yeah, there is a lot of people that um that are that are into it more than you realize. It's a little subculture. Awesome, awesome. So, uh, if people need to get um, some uh, nutritional help, and then you know, at the same time, get a sweater at the uh, at the same time, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <Come to security. laughs> yeah. I yeah. There you go. There you much. go. Awesome. Now. Um, <laughs> When we talked uh, briefly over the phone uh, a few days ago, you were very impressive with uh, what you know regarding, you know, how to help people uh, simplify their eating and their nutrition. Uh, how do you how do you describe what you do uh, with with uh, with people, and um, how do you simplify? Well. Honestly, most of the time, you know, I will just sit down with somebody and look at what they're eating. We do what we do. uh, We call it a diet history where I'll just ask someone what they eat in a typical day, which is surprisingly hard to get um, out details out of people sometimes. But um, anyway, look at what they're eating most of the time and then make changes within that. So uh, I've kind of gotten away from you doing a lot of more structured handouts over the years. Um, I mean, there is a time and a place for that, but honestly, I just do a lot of goal setting with people now where I sit, I have a little sheet that just says nutrition recommendations and it has 10 lines on it and it'll write really simple things like eat three meals a day, you know, sit at the table to eat, eat a fruit or vegetable with each meal and snack, you know, your portion sizes, um, you know, like meats, for example, most people eat a lot more meat than they need. Everyone's really into thinking that they need tons and tons of protein. And well, the average person gets a lot more than they need. And um, things like, you know, many people may have heard this, but it works that the the meat that you're eating should be about the size of the palm of your hand is a very simple thing for most people to understand. And, um, again, people kind of even overly complicate that little um, recommendation because then people will say, well, what's meat? Is it just pork? Is it meat, beef? You know, really it's any meat, chicken, fish, beef, pork, really should only be about that size. Um, For most people, it doesn't matter a whole lot which type of meat it is. It's more about the portion of it and sometimes how it's cooked too. Hmm. I'm just curious, in your opinion, you've seen uh, so many people – and, you know, I, I see people with fitness and then obviously nutrition comes up. But um, regard, with respect to like how people get um, confused or how, how, how do people get so, um, I don't know, out of balance with nutrition? What, what is it that you think is happening? I think they're listening to too many people and they're not using a lot of common sense. Uh, to be blunt, I mean, even people like such as Dr. Oz, you know, they'll say really just oh, sometimes overly um, simplistic things, which sounds a little counterintuitive to this discussion. But like, for example, you know, a lot of the, um, you know, people on uh, TV or, 
you know, that sort of thing are putting out information like saying, okay, avocados are healthy, nuts are healthy, coconuts healthy. Those are sort of the trends right now. And for the average person that is overweight, which is most people, those foods are incredibly high in calories. I mean, a half a cup of nuts could be over 300 calories. So people are snacking on that all afternoon and they don't. They want to know why they're not losing weight because they're eating quote healthy. Um. There's a lot of that stuff. Like health quote healthy eating is, is is could be anything. You know, I mean, a healthy food is not something that you should be overeating. It's not as it's it's kind of a little bit of our culture. I think we tend to think sort of more is better. We don't have a good stopgap gap. Um, uh, you know, like a way to stop when we're full, necessarily, because we have all of these sort of outside influences. And sometimes they're asking their friends or their doctors, and they're getting a tons of different information. I mean, sometimes I see people that have diabetes, and they'll come in and see me and say, well, my doctor said I can't eat potatoes, or I can't eat rice. Well, that's not true. It's more about the portion. I mean, people have been eating rice and potatoes since the beginning of time. It's not that. It's not the food's fault. <laughs> It's how much we're eating. And it's it's interesting not to cut you off. Um, it's interesting you say that because like it does boil down to portion, and, and you know things are healthy out there. It's just that people are consuming overly consuming. Is that is that what you're saying? I think almost all of it is a portion sizes, honestly. And then since you know we're you're this is a fitness podcast. Another thing I get a lot of is, um, you know, people think that if they're exercising, they can eat more. And if you're trying to lose weight, it that is not true. You can't eat more because then you're never going to lose weight. I mean, you can't exercise. You can't exercise out really large portions. You know, and a lot of these sort of fitness apps will say things, you know, like if people are tracking their rec- their food intake, which is helpful, um, you know, a lot of these apps will come back and say, oh, you have, you know, 300 more calories now, you know, <laughs> like, to ignore those. It doesn't mean you could eat more, <laughs> especially when you're losing weight. I mean, if you're, if you're of a, you know, healthy weight and you're doing a lot of exercise, then yeah, maybe you need more. But for the average person that's exercising with the, mainly with the intent to lose weight, um, it, you're not gonna you're not gonna get very far, and that's why people are so frustrated because they're mm. trying things and but they're just not quite doing it you know enough. Hmm. You know, I'd have to uh, admit uh, I'm guilty of this, which is you know um, following the quote unquote guidelines, two thousand calories or whatever that is now, I guess, and and advising people to get so many calories because uh, they are burning extra calories from their workouts and so forth. Um, What is your position on how many calories people should be consuming if they're working out in general, and how do you go about that? Well, it really depends on the person and what their goals are. That's the thing, you know, when we talk about the overly complicated nutrition, most people have no idea um, what their goals are, you know, to try to break it down. I mean, are you trying to lose weight or not? And um, if you're trying to lose weight, you need to reduce your calorie intake. And your calorie needs are basically um, set by your height. So it depends mostly on the person's height. So say, for example, 
um, a, a, a woman, an adult woman that's, you know, less than five feet, five inches tall and needs to lose, you know, 30 or more pounds, they probably only need 14 to 1600 calories a day if they want to lose weight. Now, a young, uh, you know, age has a little bit to do with it, but like someone, you know, that's in their 20s per se, or they're working out a lot and they're, they're not overweight or not more than, you know, maybe 10 or 20 pounds overweight, then yeah, probably around 2000 calories is appropriate for them. That sort of, you know, on the food labels, it will say sort of, uh, you know, those percent daily yeah. values are based on the 2000 calorie, mm-hmm. 2000 or 2500, I think. And for a lot of people, that's way too much, especially women that are less than five feet, five inches tall. They just don't need that many calories. Here's uh, here's something I get a lot, and you may have heard your clients say too, which is I work out, work out, work out, which is definitely recommended, but I'm so mm-hmm. hungry. I want to eat yeah, that's... so much more, right? And to reduce would just be like, depriving myself or um, not getting enough nutrients for performance you know you know what I'm saying so, so how, how do mm-hmm. you how do you explain that yeah that's really a hard one you have to just do it gradually I think I mean and and then you have to kind of tease out the hunger piece you know is it real hunger is it boredom um, mm. you know but I, I think the meal spacing has a lot helps a lot with that you know probably you know make sure they're eating three meals a day they're not skipping meals that you know probably two one or two snacks a day you know sort of like breakfast lunch snack dinner and then another snack so you're not going more than maybe five four to five hours without eating anything does help and then having a um a balanced meal, meaning like some protein food, which, you know, meat, cheese, eggs, nuts, that sort of thing, reasonable portions, and then some carbohydrate, you know, again, the rice, potatoes, pasta, other things that are, you know, considered, quote, healthier, like quinoa, and maybe for the average person, maybe not more than about a cup or so, um, again, depending on if they want to lose weight or not, and, um, and then a fruit or a vegetable, I mean, most people don't eat enough vegetables, which really helps to keep us full because it has all the fiber in it. Right, right, right. I mean, like you, you probably have seen that my plate. Do you know what I'm talking about? about? Yeah. Yeah. So really, um, for the people that don't aren't familiar with that, you can just look at. I think it's Mm myplate.gov. Um, or just Google my plate, and it's a really nice little picture of a plate. Divides kind of, I kind of like those picnic plates where it's divided into sections, and half of the plate should really be vegetables, especially at lunch and dinner. Most people do not eat half of their plate as vegetables. That helps a lot with the hunger. And then a quarter of it, um, the meats or protein foods, and then a quarter the um, starchy foods or carbohydrate foods. You know, just curious here, Carrie, in your experience, when when you present that to people, it's so simple, which is great, right? That plate, mm-hmm. it's so simple. Um, do you find that it's still challenging for people to do it consistently? What have you noticed? Yes, I, 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 I do. I think people respond really well to that, though. I think some people just don't, don't. Um want to eat the vegetables, want to eat that much vegetables. You know, it's a change. It's a behavior change. 
and uh, they're not used to preparing them or they don't, you know, I mean, people, even adults can be sort of picky. They don't want to eat that. So you have to kind of force yourself a bit in the beginning until you get used to it. Interesting. You know, I, there's not really another way to do it, you know. And another thing, by the way, a lot of times people will ask me about juices. Um, you know, like, what if I just juice my vegetables or juice the fruit? And um, I'm honestly, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, because a lot of people do find that easier to do. Um, I'm not really a big fan of that, especially on the with the fruit, Mm -hmm. because um, it it just makes it a lot higher in calories, and it doesn't um, uh, it doesn't fill us up as much. You know, like I'll say to people, well, orange juice, for example, uh, how many oranges does it take to make a cup of juice? You know, mm-hmm. so, uh, um, you know, a lot. So, <laughs> I mean, one, one orange is about 65 calories, mm-hmm. you know, whereas a whole cup of juice is a, at least 120. Mm-hmm. There's nothing else added in there. Vegetables mm-hmm. are much lower. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's something about, you know, you're you're sort of breaking down all the fiber when you put it in the... Mm-hmm. those juicers mm-hmm. and you're not it feels different you know if you eat an apple versus drinking apple juice the natural state of the f- food is always going to be more filling mm. yeah uh, speaking of um cleanses i think is really what people are doing with those juices or are they using juices more as a substitute for eating real food well, both. Both, both <laughs> I think. Okay. Both. <laughs> do, do you have an, I'm just maybe off topic and on tangent here. Do you have any opinions about people who want to do that for a little bit, you know, just juice for cleanse? or? I don't think it's effective at all. I mean, the mm-hmm. body's supposed – you can't really cleanse completely. I mean, you're supposed to have bacteria in your digestive mm-hmm. tract. It's healthy for us. It helps us to synthesize vitamins and mm-hmm. – do lots so maybe of that's other not the, stuff. The, the correct association for doing it. Maybe they're just doing it because they want to reduce the calorie intake, maybe, and just do something healthy for yeah. themselves, maybe. Well, I guess there is a a, po- a place for it. Um, maybe to sort of reset things mm-hmm. and start fresh again. Mm-hmm. Um, for many people, it's. I find that. For some reason, it's easier to do a, a like all juice diet or something like that. It's kind of like an all or nothing, <laughs> is how I think about it. Versus just getting down to eating basic meals, mm-hmm. you know, like doing the vegetables at each meal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's hard to. Um, you can't do the juicing forever. You know, eventually you have to learn to eat right, no matter what. Kind of a, any diet works in the short term. Yeah. Um, you know, but if curious. you're, if you're, yeah. So, um, let's get back on topic here a little bit with the, um, idea of like, who, who do you work with and, you know, who would be great people for you to see? Uh, well, I mean, on the, on the adult side of, I mean, I see a lot of people that have diabetes or have what we call pre-diabetes where they're on the edge of developing a full diabetes and um, most of the time for adults, it's related to the extra weight. So the most effective thing is to get the weight down. And sometimes it's just a matter of getting down 20 pounds. It doesn't mean, you know, that they have to lose all of the weight. I mean, if someone comes in, this is not unusual in the you know, people I see that they need to lose 100 pounds. And, uh, you know, 
sometimes just losing 20 or, well, if you have 100 pounds to lose, it might be a little more, 20, 30 pounds or so, um, can be the difference between having diabetes and not having it. Because um, it's really just the body is just, it's overworked. Um, on the pediatric side, I see a lot of kids for all kinds of different things. I see overweight kids, but I do see, um, you know, a lot of kids with food allergies, especially celiac disease, which is an autoimmune disease in which the only um, medical treatment is a gluten-free diet. Mm. No, uh, That's all kind of a whole other thing. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I want to say that... Uh... That was an area the kids with celiac disease is an area you're really passionate about, I believe. And um, can you just, you know, overview a little bit of how you help these kids? Uh, well, I'm the nutritionist for that program, for the celiac program here at our hospital. And then I also am the coordinator of the program, which means I do a lot of the background work in terms of uh monitoring um, the kids' blood levels, you know, for antibodies, which is part of the follow-up care for them, making sure that they're coming in for their appointments. We also have a lot of events that we do. Um, For example, on Saturday, we're doing a gluten-free holiday cooking class um, because the holidays are really tough for for people um, when they have special diets that they have to follow, um, especially for kids um, because, you know, it seemed the gluten-free diet seems a lot easier, and it is a lot easier than it used to be, but it's still difficult. I mean, it's not uncommon for people to go to a party and there'll be absolutely nothing that they can eat, mm. um, you know. So, Terrible. and the, the, the cross-contact, we call it, which is, you know, the um, accidental um, parts of gluten that may get into the food, um, is difficult. Um, gluten is wheat, rye, and barley. And um, say, for example, Italian beef, which is a common uh, you know, food that people might have at parties, the beef should be gluten-free. I think it almost always is, but um, people will often take the bread and dip it into the sort of gravy or sauce uh-huh. that the beef is in. So the beef then, all, all that is contaminated now mm-hmm. and contains gluten. So there's a lot of little things like that. If people have um, a dip, say even just something like salsa or guacamole, um, should be gluten-free. But if someone before you comes along and puts a, a regular wheat-containing cracker in there, you can't eat the, any of it. So you have to kind of be really proactive and put some to the side or um, uh, go first, you know, or have it at your house so then everything that you're eating you know, you can control what's in the food. That's actually what we will often recommend to people at the holidays because it's, even though it's a lot of work to do Thanksgiving dinner, it's honestly less stressful if you can control the food. Then you can just make sure most everything, you know, a lot of stuff is naturally gluten-free, like the turkey is gluten-free, you know, mashed potatoes are gluten-free, the vegetables are gluten-free, you know, it's mainly like the stuffing, the bread. Um, Pastas. Some of the added... Yeah, well, pasta. A lot of people don't have pasta on Thanksgiving, though, unless it's something like macaroni and cheese. But um, that green bean casserole that a lot of people will have with those fried onion rings on top, mm. you know, that that is um, wheat breading on, on those onion rings. So you can make a different version of that. Like on our class this Saturday, we're making a green bean almondine and uh, a gluten-free stuffing version. Um, the other thing is the stuffing can't be in the turkey 
because um, the you know it will travel through to the meat. So you know you can't just eat some of the turkey if the stuffing was in it. So the stuffing, if it's wheat containing, needs to be cooked separately. Uh, just real quick here, what are the um, tests to uh, determine if someone is uh, gluten intolerant? Uh, well, the screening test is um, an antibody test, which is um, called, um, we call it TTG or tissue transglutaminase. This is a blood test that, that's generally used. There's a, a couple test. of other, yeah, it's a blood test. And um, that test is a first level. If that's positive, then um, then there, the people really should be referred to a gastroenterologist, and they do do a small bowel biopsy to um, confirm the diagnosis because that's where the the disease is affected mm -hmm. at the small intestine. No, the problem uh, is, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say that a lot of people now are sort of trying the gluten-free diet for different reasons, and. Um, the testing, none of the testing is accurate if you're already on a gluten-free diet. Oh. So, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, I've been tested, but they're already on the gluten-free diet. So, of course, the body's not going to have an antibody to gluten. Mm. You know, it doesn't show up. And it only shows up if you're already eating gluten-containing foods. Oh. People that do not have celiac, they don't produce those antibodies. They can eat gluten without a problem. Huh. So a lot of people are misdiagnosed, you're saying? <laughs> yeah, well, it's more of a, a, a false negative. Oh. A, lot, a lot of people sort of miss the diagnosis, mm. like to already go on the gluten-free diet and then get tested, and the testing's not accurate, so it doesn't show up mm. when, when it, um, you know, they think it's just, oh, I don't, I don't have the disease, but it's really that there was, the test wasn't run properly. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Man, you, you've yeah, that uh, is, it is. thrown out some good stuff. I didn't um, think about the cross-contamination, I guess, of, you know, gluten. And then yeah. the, uh, the false negative on these, um, or false positive, I think, on the uh, gluten test. Hmm. Interesting. Yes. Um, yeah. Believe it or not, Carrie, we are 25 minutes in, and uh, just kind of the last few things we want to uh, go over, and I know you got to get going, so I really appreciate your time. Um, maybe we'll have to do another episode <laughs> just to continue this. But, um, no, do you have, like, any three, uh, tips for our audience about, you know, how to eat healthier and stay healthy? Well, number one is I think to actually cook food, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people are so far away from that. I know it takes time and energy, but again, just simple things like making a sandwich, you know, at home versus eating out. Um, even just something like a grilled cheese sandwich with a salad is better than the most takeout food. Um, that would be one to actually get um, simple um, things to cook at home. Uh, go grocery shopping at least once a week, try to get organized with it, and really just to make nutrition a bit more of a priority. Most of the time, um, that's very low on our list. Like We'll get to eating later. I'll figure out what I'm going to have to dinner for dinner later. Um, it does require some organization. After a while, it becomes a habit, and it gets easier. Also, just to know that people, nobody eats perfectly, <laughs> nobody, and it, that's that's normal. There's supposed to be a balance. Some days you eat better, some days not as good. Um, but the biggest thing 
I think for everybody is to eat more fruits and vegetables. I mean, we think that um, if we eat just eat more fruits and vegetables, that the cancer rates will decrease in this country. Um, it's really an amazing um, uh, thing. That's that's a, probably the most important thing. Um, we should be eating at least five servings a day of a fruit or vegetable. So um, that would be, you know, a ha- it doesn't, I, again, to try not to overly complicate it, but any fruit or vegetable is better than no fruit or vegetable. But technically a serving would be about a half a cup cooked or one cup raw. So I would say for most people about a handful. A handful is what we would call usually about a half a cup or two handfuls. If you kind of cup your two hands together, that's about one cup. So um, and really any fruit or vegetable, canned, frozen, fresh, is better than no fruit or vegetable. A lot of times people think everything has to be, you know, pristine and organic and all of that, which is fine, but it doesn't have, nobody eats like that all the time. Um, and then the next thing would be the portion sizes, as I talked about before. Awesome. Especially the any sort of meat portions really should, really should be about the size of the person's palm of their hand, which goes along with their body size. You know, if you're bigger, you have a bigger hand, so your portion would be a little bit larger. But it's about that big around and about as thick as your the palm of your hand, too. So for most people, it's somewhere between three and five ounces at a, at a meal, like at lunch or at dinner. Awesome, awesome. And just real for quick clarification, you said... Uh, five servings, that could be three servings of fruit and two servings of vegetables. Is that how that's broken down? Yes, yeah. Again, I wouldn't worry about exactly how you break that down. I mean, I suppose ideally it would be better if it was a little more on the vegetables and less on the fruit just because vegetables are... Are, are lower in calories. I mean, a whole cup of vegetables is only about 25 calories. Right. And, and, and be careful with... Go ahead. I was just going to say be careful with salads. You know, salad's supposed to be vegetables, not supposed to be like cheese and bacon bits and, you know, tons of salad dressing. That's going to turn it into a really high-calorie food. Yeah. So, so um, I think just to summarize, you said uh, half a cup of cooked is a serving or one cup yes. of veg raw is a serving so um, just keep that in mind i think people get confused as to what portion is a serving yes 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 excellent now um how do people get a hold of you and any last piece of advice for our audience um just to not don't worry so much about the details. A lot of nutrition is just basic common sense, kind of like how probably our grandparents ate, you know, is a better way to look at how we should be eating today versus all of this sort of uh, fancy food type stuff, like for lack of a better term. Um, my direct number at the hospital um is 847-723-7181, or you can look at, especially with the celiac program, has my information on there. You can People can just Google, Google Advocate Children's Hospital, and then in the search bar put the word celiac, C-E-L-I-A-C. Very good. Excellent. Carrie, I, this was a quick 30, and uh, I hope... Um, it was fun for you. It was fun for me. Very impactful, very full of value and knowledge uh, and um, information for our audience. So thank you so much for your time again, Carrie. I know you got to get going. I'll maybe stop by one time and say hi, uh, but thank you again. Oh, you're welcome. That would be great. Thanks. I enjoyed it.
Okay, take care. Have a good day. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us today on Healthy Living with Eric Sue. Head over to ericwsue.com for full recaps of every show and Eric's health and wellness blog. Your healthy living life is waiting for you, so stay active and be safe.